Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. My dear friend, when you look to your life, what do you see? Do you see your failings and your falling? If you could have a telescope and look back in history in your life, do you see all those moments that you were alone, afraid, sick, in trouble, in need, hopeless? Or do you see, when you look back, the many moments that God was there to heal you, to lift you up, to carry you, to take you from your troubled times and bring you in wonderful times of victory and blessings and abundance? Oh, do you know, this also determines how you look to the future. If you look to your past only by looking to the bad times, the difficult times, the hardships, that's also how you will look to your future. You will see bad times, hardships ahead of you, difficulties that you don't know how to overcome instead of looking to the great opportunities and moments that there will come in your life that God will be able to show himself true to you, to show himself your father, your caretaker, your strong and mighty fortress, your tower, your healer, your deliverer, your supplier and provider. Oh, you know, when you look to your life in the past, don't look to the troubled times and don't give testimony of how difficult it was for you, but give testimony of the greatness and goodness of God in your life. And when looking to your future, hold your head up high and be thankful that there will come times all times of trouble and difficulty where you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God will be there to perform great and wonderful miracles for you. The same thing is of your identity. How do you look to your future? Do you look to your future by looking to your past, how you failed, how you fell, how you made mistakes? Or do you look to your future as a man, a woman who is changed by the power of God? who is a new man, a new creation. Oh, you know what Paul said? He said, one thing I do, I forget and I let go everything of the past and I stretch out ahead of me, in front of me, to all the wondrous things that God has prepared for me. Oh, dear friend, I don't want you to look to your failings and your falling and project that on your future. I want you to see how God changed you, how you have learned from your lessons how God was there with his grace and his love and his goodness in your hour of need and how he will be there in your future whenever you need him and how you will rise up as a man, a woman of faith, overcoming each and every obstacle that the devil may put before you. Oh, my dear friend, this is the way you will look. This is the way you will think. And this is the way you will speak. How are you speaking about your past? How are you speaking about your future? I want you to talk about your future as a wonderful future that God has prepared for you. The purposes and his plans for your life that he already foreordained before creating this world. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you, to bless you, and to give you a wonderful future. God has a wonderful future for you. And yes, there will be moments of lacking and of hardships, and of problems, and disappointments. But those are there that God may provide in a wondrous way, and give you victory, and show you 
who he can be and who he is and will be. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he will be your victory. He will be your shield. He will be your exceedingly great reward. Oh, what he has done for others, he will do for you. My dear friend, if I look to the story of Samson, how do you look to Samson? Do you only look to his failing and his falling? Do you only look to when his hair was shaven off? Yes, that was a deep moment. And yes, we can learn a lot of those things. But also, my dear friend, it says his hair began to grow again. If I think of the church through the ages, yes, I can see many times that the church fell and the church failed and the church became some dead religious institution, some human organization robbed of all its power and all of its glory. But my dear friends, I believe we are living in the days that we can see and we can say the hair of the church is growing once again and that power will be activated once again. And in many places, praise God, it already is activated. And in many places, you can see that the buds are coming there that will blossom soon and the power will be activated very shortly in a whole new generation who will see God at work, who will see his mighty outstretched arm, who will see the victory he will give over the forces of darkness, over the forces of the devil. Every demonic power will move ahead of them out of the way because God will move before them. Oh, my dear friend, I tell you, I am excited. I'm excited for these days and I'm excited for what is coming. Oh, yes, I see the darkness in the world. Oh, yes, I see the impossibilities, and I see all the things that the devil is doing. But you know, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, God has made us to overcome the world through his power and his strength. I want to go with you to the story of Samson, and I want to read with you one verse in Judges Chapter 16, verse 3. It says, But Samson lay there only until the middle of the night. And then he got up and took hold of the doors of the city gate, together with the two posts, and tore them loose, bar and all. And he lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Well, my friend, what does this tell us? You know, Samson was there, and the enemy had come and had surrounded the city where he was, and they had plotted and planned and said, when the sun rises, we will go in and catch him and kill him. Oh, they were ready, and they were waiting. But you know, Samson, he got up in the middle of the night, and he went to that great gate. Well, that was not just a small door like you see these days in front of the house. No, this was a mighty door, a mighty gate. And, you know, it was in these rocks. The hinges were there. And, you know, he took it with his hand and he started to move and to shake because it says the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And he tore those gates, bar and all, away and he lifted it. Well, it was impossible for one man to lift those gates, bar and all. But he lifted it and he put it upon his shoulders. And it says he walked up the hill, not down the hill, but up the hill. 
and he threw it off his shoulders on top of the hill. Well, you know, this is a mighty display of power. And the enemy was there. But when they saw this display of power, when they saw this divine glory upon this man, oh, there was something so special, so unique, so supernatural that nobody dared to come near to him anymore. They just watched him as he carried those gates up that hill and as he threw it down. And I tell you, oh, he had a great victory there over the enemy. What does this symbolize or signify or say to us today? The pressure of the world and of the demonic powers can come so strong upon us that it can squash us. Oh, it can crush us. But you know, the Spirit of the Lord gives us the strength to rise up and to lift up that impossible weight and to even walk uphill with that weight upon our shoulders. Oh, it was impossible for a man to carry that gate. It was impossible for a man not to be crushed by the weight of it. It was impossible for a man to move forward and then even to go uphill. But Samson did it because of the power of the Spirit of the Lord that was activated in his life. Oh, when I look to the world, I tell you, I see all that pressure upon the children of God. It's even upon our children already. When they go to the public schools, there is such a pressure upon them. And there are even demonic forces. And there are filthy forces of darkness and of all kinds of uncleanness that is pressuring them into a life of ungodliness, into a life that is unholy or unpure. And you know, you sometimes think, how can these young folks, how can these teenagers, these youth, but also the elderly, how can they survive and live a clean and holy life with so much pressure upon them? Oh, the world is even putting pressure upon Christian nations, Christian leaders, upon the church of Jesus Christ. And they want us to give in. They want us to collapse and to be crushed and to give up this holiness, this purity. They want us to give up upon the truth of the word of God. They want us to compromise. They want us to accept things that are not right and not true and not holy according to the word of the Lord. And so many churches, they have caved in and they have compromised and they are living such a lukewarm or even cold life. They are not hot anymore. They don't have the truth of the gospel and they are not preaching the truth of the gospel anymore. Oh, and they have made all kinds of excuses for it. Oh, they call it that they want to be non-confrontal to the world. But my dear friend, the gospel is confronting people today. And you have to make a choice today. Will you live for God or not? Will you live holy or not? Will your lifestyle represent the truth of the gospel? And will your body be a holy temple for him? Or will you compromise and fill it with all the filth of this world and of society? Well, without the strength of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will not keep standing, but you will be crushed by this world and the influence of this world and the ungodliness of this world, and the evil workings of this world. But my dear friend, it is possible for the church to rise up and to walk uphill. Yes, not downhill, but uphill. 
with all this pressure and weight against us, and with all these evil soldiers surrounding us, we can walk uphill and it will be a great display of power, of glory, of holiness. Oh, but it's only possible if there is a church, if there is a child of God, if there is a pastor and a preacher that is filled with the Holy Spirit. But don't say yes, but what we are encountering today has never happened in history. Oh, I tell you, it was so for the apostles in their days that the world was pressuring them and they were brought before the Sanhedrin, they were brought before the courts, before the kings and the judges, and they were pressured to compromise. They were pressured that they should stop preaching about the name of Jesus and that they could not preach or pray in the name of Jesus anymore. But because these men and women were filled with the Holy Spirit, I tell you, even though there was so much pressure upon them, even though they were beaten and even though they were beheaded and all kinds of terrible tortures were done against them, the church rose up and stood up and was walking uphill with all that pressure upon them because of the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. This is what we need. This is what you need. You need a baptism in the Holy Spirit. You need to have that living water flowing through you, and you need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my dear friend, a little bit later, I read how Samson was brought into the temple, and the Philistines, they were celebrating and laughing at him and mocking him and joking. But it says his hair had grown again. And then let's read together chapter 16, verse 28 and 29 of Judges. It says, And then Samson prayed to the Lord, and he said, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, O God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. And then Samson reached towards the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Oh, what a powerful display of God's glory and majesty. Yes, he prayed, oh, let me avenge myself. But you know, it says, he brought down those pillars because of the power of the Holy Spirit upon his life and who were killed in his death were greater than all that he had killed in his life of the enemy. Oh, my dear friend, I pray that the church will rise up and pray in the same way like Samson and say, Lord, remember us. Lord, please strengthen us just one more time. Oh, and when the church will exit this world, when the trumpet will sound and Jesus will come for the wondrous, glorious church that he has bought and paid and purchased with his own blood, I tell you that the church will rise up and leave in strength and in power and that with our exit, more people will get saved than in ever history of the church of Jesus Christ. Yes, in this hour, just before the trumpet will sound and just before the Lord will come and get us, more people will be saved than ever before because of the glorious display of the power of the Holy Spirit upon the church. Oh, I tell you, 
in the days of Peter and Paul, so many were saved because of the display of God's glory and power through those believers. What the church needs today is not religious rituals, is not just a dead building, which we call church, a building of wood and stone, but we need the living body of Jesus Christ, purchased and cleansed, living a holy and uncompromised life. Oh, living in humility and in faithfulness. Oh, and living in the power and the strength of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, speaking in authority and in power because of the Spirit that is working in and through and for us. Oh, it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, all the way up to 16, it says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste and its purpose, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and walked on by people. But you are the light of Christ to the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. And let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. What I'm just reading now in Matthew, this is impossible to do in these days without the Holy Spirit in your life. Oh, you will be like salt that has lost its flavor and it's not good for anything anymore. You will be a candle stand, a light that has been dimmed and that is of no use to anyone. Oh, my dear friend, we are the light of the world. We are the salt of the world. It is the time now to rise up in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit and to give a mighty testimony, not just by our words, but it says here that they may see your deeds and glorify your Father. We need to have deeds. Some people, they talk about faith. But you know, Paul says, you talk about it, but I will show it through the deeds that I'm doing. We need a church that doesn't just talk about religion, talks about rituals. We need a church that is walking in the supernatural and that is performing all kinds of miracles and deeds because of the Holy Spirit that is working through our life. Oh, and that's only possible through the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Oh, my dear friend, how is it with your life? Oh, are you standing in the midst of all the pressure? Maybe your colleagues at work, maybe your boss, or maybe your family, maybe your parents or your children or your neighbors are pressuring you to compromise. They don't want to hear the gospel anymore, and they don't want to see you live a pure life and a holy life because your pure and holy life is bringing conviction upon their own filthy life. But my dear friend, don't compromise. My dear friend, through the Holy Spirit, you can keep standing in the midst of all the pressures that are around you. But also, my dear friend, oh, it's time to put your hands on the pillars that are holding strong in this society, the pillars and the strongholds that the enemy brought in our midst and that are putting fear upon so many people and are bringing so many people 
in such an unholy life. It is time for the church to put their hands on these pillars and in the name of Jesus, push them over. The enemy has built so many strongholds, but you know, the Bible says we have been brought forth that through us and through the preaching of the gospel and through our prayer, all these powerful prayers through the Holy Spirit, these strongholds will be brought down in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. We have been called in the name of Jesus to bring strongholds down. Oh, and it is still for today, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you a salty salt? Are you a shining bright light today? If not, maybe it's because of the lacking of power in your life. Maybe you have become weak. It doesn't mean you don't love the Lord, but you don't have the strength to live for Him and to live in righteousness and holiness. It's good that you love the Lord, but you also need His strength to be able to live that pure and holy life. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Oh, Father, I pray for my listeners. Oh, we have heard in these preachings about Samson how we can lose and be robbed of our strength and our power, all because we put our head upon this world. But we also read how the hair was growing again and how he prayed, Oh, Lord, remember me. And, Oh, Lord, one more time, give me that strength. I pray for those that are walking with you and they love you, but they need that strength in their life. Oh, Lord, remember them. Remember us. Remember your church. And Lord, fill us once again with that Pentecost power as we read in the book of Acts that we will rise up and stand up no matter what the pressures are against us, political pressures, family pressures, all kinds of pressures in society, but that we will rise up because of the strength of Pentecost in our life. And Lord, that the light will shine and that the salty flavor will come and that we can influence society, that we can bring down the strongholds and the pillars that the enemy has brought and built. Oh, Lord, that you will give a mighty victory to your church. And Lord, before the trumpet sounds and before you come to bring us back, that there will be one more great worldwide revival and a wonderful harvest of souls. I pray it for my friend, my brother, my believer. I pray it for myself, my family for this ministry, Lord, and for all that are listening. Oh, Lord, remember us. And Lord, one more time, fill us with your Holy Spirit power. I believe it, and I receive it by your grace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 